Hello and welcome to In Conversation with Dave Morris and Jason Geary. Uh, normally, right now, Dave would chime in and say, Hey Jason, how are you going? And we'd have a bit of light-hearted banter, which we did in fact do. Uh, however, my part of the uh, conversation got lost somehow. I'm pretty sure I just didn't save it properly. Um, so when I went to reopen it to marry our uh, bits together, because we record separately for audio quality and then marry them together in the mysteries of digital audio production. Um, so it sounds like we're recording to the same track. It's, you know, it's just a bit of backroom banter here show you how sausage is made um but uh this time it didn't work so uh it's failed it's failed or i've failed uh but let's get into the conversation in which everyone has recorded properly this time we had the absolute pleasure of speaking with two improvisers one from austin texas shannon stott and the other from uh, minneapolis the jill bernard um, it was an absolutely wonderful conversation with uh, both these fabulous humans. Uh, I hope you get to cross paths with them at some point in the future. So enjoy our conversation with Shannon Stott and Jill Bernard. Welcome, Shannon and Jill. Thanks you so much for coming and being here with us today. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, this is uh, in conversation with the two of us or the four of us now, and we just chat about improv. And so uh, we, we invited you on the show to have a, a good old chin wag uh, about uh, improvisation. We did a season uh, where we talked through our processes, our likes, our dislikes, our wants, where we want to go with things and that sort of stuff. Uh, and then this season, we thought we'd have some guests on to, uh, to join the conversation. So thank you both so much for joining us yeah and i have a question to start off with for both of you for everybody which is just like what 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 is it about improv that keeps you doing improv like what is it why why do you do improv what drives you to keep doing it because you could stop especially right now it's easy to stop so what's keeping you going and what keeps you coming back jill it's hard to say because we we aren't really doing improv, are we? Like it's what? Sort of on hiatus. Uh uh Yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting you to say that. It's not like it. Yeah. We, I mean, obviously, we're doing lots of online stuff, which feels to me like a different beast. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing that beast because I'm curious about it. I guess you're yeah, right. It's imp it's improv, um, but um. It feels very, very different to me. Like my motivations are different. Um, right when uh, the shelter in place started in Minnesota and we shut down the theater, I was scheduled to do a run of my solo show, Drum Machine. And mm -hmm. so I thought I would move it online from my house. And that turned out instantly to be just ridiculous right. and too hard to do. Like the amount of energy required for, an, for a solo show just alone in my house and the lag of people typing suggestions and replies during it. And we hadn't figured out the space yet. So I was like in the living room or in the closet and it was bad. Um, I remember but I was you, curious about it. Yeah. 
I remember you saying once the way you practice solo improv because I do some, a lot of solo improv too, and you said this thing where you're like the way you practice is by pulling your blankets over your face and giggling to yourself. Yeah, <laughs> and I was yeah. like, that's the best because I've only ever once practiced by myself, and it was the weirdest thing to be talking out loud in a room by myself and giving myself notes like, well, maybe Dave, you shouldn't have done. And I'm like, why am I talking? <laughs> So you gotta I, give yourself notes. I talk about you in every solo class I teach, Dave. Oh, I've never thanks. told you that. No, I didn't know that. Um, because I, when I'm teaching people how to switch between characters, uh, I talk about the neutral space because you're playing one character. There's a space that happens, and then you play the other character, and you have the cutest neutral of anyone in the business <laughs> because you're just like, can you believe that guy? Like the look on your face is like. Can you believe that guy? And you're just having so much fun. Yeah, I use the and neutral the space. We're having fun. Yeah, I use the neutral space as an opportunity to show the audience me for a second. Like, Dave, yeah. here I am. I'm here. I'm here still in this weird scene. And then back into. <laughs> Shannon, have you so done much uh, solo improv yourself? I haven't. I haven't done much solo improv on purpose. Um, <laughs> usually. <laughs> No, like as far as shows go, no. Um, I have done lots of solo improv, like you know, in maestros or you yeah, know, yeah. those types of things. But uh, no, right before you know, right before COVID, I was leaning that way, and Jill and I were. I was bugging Jill to you know send me things on what should I look at and how do I start a solo show, and I'm actually at this point uh, to sort of weave back into doing improv if if people are doing improv you're like what brought you your question was what what keeps you going what are you do what kind of improv are you doing and what brings you back to it um that curiosity that you're talking about jill is such a big deal like i haven't yet gotten into a solo show but i have been playing with the idea of getting into one specifically for for this medium on this on this medium um right. and, and this medium being any platform that is virtual so not necessarily zoom but any other platform and yeah it was so i was jill i oh. <laughs> i was jill. so surprised for you to start out like i don't i don't think i'm considering what we're doing improv but i do understand this idea of like well some of a lot of what we're doing as theaters, what if you're a theater owner, or if you're in this a position where you need to still maintain something so that you can pay bills, right? So you can take your make sure that your company is striving. Mm -hmm. um, there's another piece that is hanging on the in the balance as far as what you can produce. But uh you said, Dave, what keeps me coming back and why do mm -hmm. I, why improv? But the, the, for me, it's the communication, like the, how do we, how is it possible that more than one person can be either on a stage, whether it's virtual or um, in person and communicate anything that is not scripted? How do we communicate? Oh, we're both in the woods and we're both, uh, in a hole in the woods and our parents are looking for us. How do we communicate? How do we do that out of nowhere? And I think mm -hmm. it's fantastic and fascinating to use a medium like this, uh, which you're, you're still trying to teach people how to do that. You know, you're still trying to teach people and do it yourself. Like, how do I communicate to the three of you 
that I'm not necessarily in a void of blue and pink or whatever it is yeah, <laughs> that yeah. I'm, you know, in my bathtub in space, whatever it is. And I think that that's, I think it's fascinating that we can still do those things. Yeah. We can still somehow do it. Like, we can still, do it. Like, I know I love that what you're saying about communicating. Cause I, I love those moments where you walk on stage, someone starts doing something so subtle but instantly you're like, oh, they're totally getting ready to like barbecue. And you're like, how did you know they were getting ready? Well, the way he was holding his shoulder. I don't know. He had like a tough yeah. shoulder. And I was like, barbecue. And they were barbecue. And like those moments of, of picking up those signals. So those subtle little offers that people are making. The game that people, um, I, I still think, I mean, I think it's interesting, but people are really always fascinated by right now is that counting game where you... You know, right. everybody close their, closes their eyes and you count, right? One, two, everybody's counting. Um, and I've played that game in classes, virtual classes, and people are still amazed that it works. Mm. Like, ev everyone is, we're just all amazed. Like, oh, it worked. How? How? I thought it would be so much harder. And it's, it is sort of interesting because, I mean, physically, yeah, I guess Dave and Jason and Jill aren't in my house and... I guess like when we're all together, it feels, you can feel someone like breathing. You can, there's some sort of tactile in mm -hmm. the air get that you get, mm -hmm. but somehow it translates. I think the whole thing is just like, this, this is improv. This is improv. Jill. <laughs> yeah, guys, Jill. Yeah, Jill this is improv, Jill. <laughs> it's, it's, you know it's... who I'm so jealous of? Um, we just had a one-on-one class finish at my theater at huge theater and like they don't know <laughs> like this yeah. is oh yeah this, this is from, from their perspective yeah. i'm like gosh and they're the most excited they're the most hyped they're like ready they have no grief for the past because this is all they know and i, yeah. I feel so i just like, did the same thing with a group of high school students uh they're they're um their teachers said, uh, "Can can we run a theater sports competition over Zoom, like the the schoolhouse theater sports competition?" And a lot of these kids had never even improvised before, and started doing it. We started rehearsing over Zoom. We started performing, and our lockdown eased right at the end of that process. And the teachers decided to keep it on Zoom, even though we could have gone into a space because the kids were so used to working on zoom and and it would have thrown them to be in the space together and it was literally the difference of one one rehearsal so they wouldn't have a have had a great chance to get used to being in the space together right. so uh, we decided to continue with the whole event on zoom so these kids have uh, some of which have never improvised before as well uh jumped online got used to doing it got used to sharing spaces and environments over uh, uh over zoom calls and yeah they don't know any different either they had a great time and a blast it was hilarious yeah um yeah that actually that leads me to another question i wanted to ask because about teaching online because like uh teaching online is different it's fine it works i've been doing it a little it's been good uh it's been working uh and i think it's better than the alternative which is teaching in person but with masks on standing like 
six feet apart from each other because i find with the masks on like six feet apart from each other in an outdoor environment i'm like i don't know if that would be much better than being able to see each other's faces uh so i have a question for shannon because i think <laughs> i've been no because i've noticed that the hideout is doing some outdoor social distance oh. classes are you teaching any of those or are you teaching any outdoor classes or are you still just teaching online like what's what's i am still teaching online um a friend of mine is teaching those classes and she is saying that the the um classes the classes the students are really enjoying them um they're and it's sort of the same thing that jason and jill were saying this idea some of these students have never done it any other way so they're not they're they're it's they're not surprised or like taken aback from what is going on mm. and i i've got to say jason Jill and I'm waiting for, or rather Dave and Jill, I'm waiting for Jason to get on this surprise the Shannon train, but I am surprised, Dave, that you would say <laughs> that you would say that teaching in person with masks six, six feet away is a worse alternative, or you wouldn't want to do that. You would rather teach online. I am just... Good buffet. <laughs> yeah. Good Well, because I do, I go into a high school once a week and teach students other stuff, not improv. Like, just uh, it's called creativity with Dave Morris. That's the class <laughs> I teach in high school. Uh, but we're all masked behind plexiglass and stuff like that. Uh, and I'm like, and I'm like, I would not want to do improv in this environment. Like, it's so hard to hear each other. It's so hard to connect with each other. Anyway, right? Uh, it's good for like working on a story that you're writing, you know, and we can just like yeah. share the document. But, but I feel like with improv, like you want to be able to see people you want to be able to hear what they're saying like it's listening is such an important part and i find masked six feet apart outside like i don't know how much you're going to hear uh, i don't know what do you think joe what do you think would you rather have to design the class specifically for that knowing that barrier i know i've met a lot of people who their biggest fear going into an improv class was that creepy people would touch their bodies and breathe on them. So this is heaven. <laughs> it's perfect. I so mean, nice. it solves, yeah. it solves, it solves that, that problem. That one problem, <laughs> right? Um, and yeah, how would you shift the emphasis of the class? Yeah. To, to yeah. make it more about physicality and more about distance. Would it be closer to the original Greek theater? Of what would it be? Yeah, could you make a class for that? Because we've adapted classes to be on the computer, like we're not yeah. doing right. class on the uh, on the computer of exactly <laughs> like we would be in person. So, yeah, you'd have to be smart about it. I haven't done it yet. Um, yeah. Any other mass teaching? Because there's already snow on the ground. Like, ah, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It's so interesting to the to talk about just that just the adaptivity is that is that a word mm -hmm. uh of of improv in general right it's like the as far as the what keeps me coming back it's it's that it's specifically that idea of how do you how do you improvise how do you take the small things that you have or the the big things the large theater or the you know we've done bar prov and all sorts of things and we've had to adapt to what our spaces are like and so yeah doing this outdoor masked thing or virtually on the computer um is is so is so it 
fun isn't else. I, I don't know. Fun is the word, but appropriate. Like mm-hmm. we are improvisers. We are the yeah. soldiers of what, of what this medium is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I need to defend myself. Cause it sounds like I'm Do like, <laughs> I feel like, Do I feel it. like I'm getting this rap of like that guy hates teaching people in person <laughs> outside, <laughs> which I don't like, but it's not like I hate it. Uh, I uh, just, I, uh, is that it's that uh, when, cause both have downsides to them and you have to adapt right. for both of them. And I feel like the trade-off that you have to make, I would rather make the trade-off on the computer. Cause then I at least know I'm giving good instruction. I can watch everybody and see what they're doing right. and, and like that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So I prefer the computer over the in-person masked outside type, especially in it's getting cold here too, Jill. So I don't want to do any outdoor classes <laughs> in the rain with masks on. Um, uh, because I, I um, totally agree that improv is like super adaptable, and I love that about it too. Like I did a workshop for a conference. Ready for this? The participants did not have their cameras on, couldn't have their cameras on, and couldn't use their microphones. What? Yeah, uh, but there was a chat room, so I designed an entire workshop around just using the chat room with each other and <laughs> typing all of us into the chat and making them do all these weird writing exercises and stuff. And it worked great, and they loved it. But it was definitely not the best workshop I could have done. But they were amazed. No. Yeah, they were it's amazed. The they were like, they were like that. I can't believe you did it with just a chat room. I was like, yeah. yeah. But it's the best workshop everything. you could have done given the circumstances. Given the circumstances, yeah. that's the that's the shit right there. Yeah. Excuse yeah. me, but no, yeah, like this is an explicit podcast. You're cool. <laughs> <laughs> I always tick the explicit box only because I can't remember whether I've sworn or not. <laughs> but yeah, that's the, that's it. That's like, I, that's amazing that you did that. That's amazing. And I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure people were just like, this is amazing because we're all craving something and you were forced to be so creative in that, in that moment. Yeah. So is that yeah. what keeps you coming back? The adaptivity, adaptivity, adaptiveness. Adaptivity. That's right. Right. Someone's going to tell us. They'll put it in the chat. Tell us in the chat if it's right or not. Um, but for sure, I wonder. Same question, does t- Dave. Does that tie into curiosity uh, uh, as well? So we we're talking about being curious before. Does the ability to adapt to something, like approaching something with curiosity? lends itself to being able to adapt to to a form or create a form to adapt and 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 encapsulate that curiosity or that thought that drive there are we is is that a process that resonates with other people <laughs> Jill you go first I, well there's a have you watched the TV show Ted Lasso I have not yet. No. It's so great. And it stars Jason Sudeikis as an improviser. And uh, there's a a part in it. I won't spoil it, but he discusses the difference between curiosity and judgment. Mm -hmm. And those two is in opposition. If you're in judgment, uh, it sort of blocks your curious curiosity. And if you're being curious, it's hard to be judgmental. Mm -hmm. And so when we had the option of going online, I saw my peers sort of split into those camps. There were people who were very judgmental of it and were like, it it can't work. Um, And then there were people who were curious and thought it was at least worth the adventure and the experiment and they tried things and some of them didn't work very well and then they tried something else and it worked better and they tried different, different mediums. 
And so yeah, staying curious, I think, is is the healthiest way to to survive. Like, oh, isn't this interesting? Mm. Yeah, how can we overcome the fact that there's only chat? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> right. To stay to be interested, uh, I find just a really useful survival tool in anything in any situation like being curious instead of judgmental or curious instead of like even scared or anxious mm. i've been thinking about how anxiety for me is a lot like excitement that i'm not excited about yet like <laughs> <laughs> at yeah. present it's it's just it's crippling anxiety but in a moment yeah. it's super excitement <laughs> In that, like, uh, on that, in that realm, Jill, one of the things that has been uh, exciting, it's anxiety, it makes me anxious, but it is exciting is TikTok. And I really have loved seeing you on TikTok. Like, it's my favorite thing, (laughs) because (laughs) I uh, just don't know what to do with it. And after I did, I did some, I posted a series of things and I was like, I don't, I'm still curious, but I'm anxious somehow. And then every once in a while I'll see Jill on there and she'll say something like, I am loving this tea. Mmm, tea. And that's it. And I'm like, ah, it's so happy. <laughs> that's, that's the genius of Jill Bernard. She loves tea. That's I do. I love it. <laughs> Specifically, uh, just tea bags. <laughs> yeah, I once, uh, I once, uh, so I taught taught at a theater here, and we would bring in the actors to teach with high school kids. It was a teenage theater program. It was lovely, but the actors would always say these really pretentious actor things all the time when the kids asked them questions, and I was always like, oh, pretentious actors. <laughs> but one of them said something that was actually very nice, tying into what you're saying about uh, curiosity and judgment, uh, and she said that. Uh, curiosity conquers fear if you're afraid of something uh, but if, if as soon as you become curious about something you're no longer scared of it you're now thinking about it and you're looking mm-hmm. at it and you're, you're wondering about it and all those wonderful positive things that get you into the thing that you think you're scared of like it was about stage fright but i, I apply that to, to everything now. Yeah, i think curiosity gets you through most tough times mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like instead of saying we can't do that you say how are we going to do that hmm, yeah I wonder. Oh, I wonder. I wonder just that just the beginning of that phrase. I wonder oh. right is like such has so much power right like I wonder whatever it is instead mm-hmm. of yeah what you said Dave like we can't we can't do that. I didn't this say is, it was a it was a pretentious was, <laughs> <laughs> There's one takeaway from this podcast Dave is not a pretentious actor. Please don't think that. That's <laughs> Please don't think of me as an actor. (laughs) Jabber. Well, as uh, I jumping kind of back to following that curiosity and talking about improvising by ourselves, Shannon, I did my very first set. I've been improvising for many, many years as well. And I did my very first solo set just before everything shut down this year. Um, And, uh, and was, uh, again, I've done lots of solo scenes in, in things and, but I never deliberately stepped out on stage and gone, hey, everyone, watch me for 25 minutes. 
just mm-hmm. me, no one else, mm-hmm. just me. Uh, and uh, it was uh, it was a really really interesting uh, experience. And I had uh, a, a great friend of mine and uh, also another great improviser, Liam Amor, uh, out in the audience to to give me some notes and some feedback at, at the end. Um, but uh, it felt like five minutes when I was there doing it, you know, it just kind of, the time just melted off the clock. And, and of course I had a, uh, I had a great time with myself. <laughs> so, uh, and, and the work was, the work was, it uh, was, was good. Um, so I was, I was very surprised uh, and, and wanted to kind of do more of it uh, at the, throughout this year, of course, 2020 had other things for us, but um, it, it was a, a rewarding, but it was a good six months of, of curiosity and mm. uh, uh, that curiosity led me to think about it, but then also led me towards anxiety. Once I got through that first layer of thinking about things, I was like, oh no, 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 you could do this. You could do this. And, and I know I trust myself as an improviser, but I'd never um, just taken the, the step to do a format before. And the, the idea yeah. I came up with was um, the, uh, David Mamet has a play called the duck Variations, So I just got a, another noun from the audience and did seven scenes about that particular uh, now. So it ended up being house. So it was the house variations. Um, and uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was really kind of good, good fun. I really enjoyed it. I think you summed up every solo show. Uh, Jill, I'd like to know if you agree. Is it, it's that you have this great idea and then you, before you go on stage, you sit there going, why did I ever decide to do this by myself? What was I thinking? And then you talk yourself into, no, wait, no, I want to do this. I chose to do this, do this. And then you go on stage and you do it and it's amazing. Is that about right, Jill? Is that, is that how Drum Machine came about? Yeah, that would be the beginning. Um, I, I've gotten to a point of comfort now where that doesn't happen and I have to artificially create it like my favorite thing to do. My favorite thing to do is find someone backstage who's not an improviser. It doesn't work if they're an improviser. So like the stage manager or someone's, someone's significant other and just say to them, I can't do the show. <laughs> Back when I had the drum machine, the physical machine, I would thrust it into their hands and say, I can't do the show. You've got to do it. And they would go, <gasps> and I would steal their energy. That's a- bring it on stage. <laughs> You've got to do it. But you know exactly what happens if you say that to an improviser. They're like, okay. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'm up. Yeah. I'll- My dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> no <terror>. oh. <laughs> You're like Ursula. You're like <laughs> the sea witch. <laughs> uh, I'll make you a deal, uh, Jill. When I get uh, when I get back to performing by myself, I'll bottle up that energy for you and just send it off to you. <laughs> you can have little little shot glasses of it. A bottle of Jason's, <laughs> two bottles probably, more like four or five yeah, yeah. by the time it's over. It, it's just it'll be a uh, cylinder like Monsters Inc. Just kind of you can. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what do you do when that happens for you, Jill? If you start feeling too comfortable with something, do you put push yourself to try it differently one night or do you like what 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 how do you get out of that? Or do you like the fact that you're unnervous anymore? You're like this is great. It it the challenge is yeah, you add some element of challenge. I started doing solo improv out of wanting more challenge. Uh uh at the time I started doing drum machine, I had really done everything that was to do an improv in my city at the time. I had done everything. There's a great quote that appeared in the newspaper. 
because it was printed word. What I said to the reporter was, I I was so cocky back then. I started doing solo improv because <laughs> nobody in town could keep up with me. <laughs> Bernard started doing solo improv because nobody in town could keep up with her. <laughs> what wow. a quote. What a quote. People wow. kept coming up to me to confront me about it, and I would say, prove me wrong. <laughs> Jill Bernard picking fights. Thrown down. <laughs> See. I only know Jill Bernard on like the national stage, international stage, where you're like this beloved person that seems to be at every festival at the uh, same Jill time. Jill Bernard keeps a knife in her sock. Like, that's but in time. Minneapolis, <laughs> in Minneapolis, it's a different story, isn't it? <laughs> just, just roughing, roughing people up. <laughs> uh, that's that's yeah, that's great. I started doing solo improv because Ryan Beal, my improv partner uh, at the time, at the time just couldn't show up for the show and i i got sent out to do the show without him and i was like all right i'll do both parts i got this i'll just do both parts of the show and it went it was the hardest thing i ever did and i loved the fact that it was so hard and and uh and the places it pushed me and the fact that i got to tell the stories i wanted to tell without somebody else making an offer which seems really weird but it's like the story gets to go to where I was thinking it was going to go. Like, oh, wow, it got there instead of getting shot off. So the story ended up being this really beautiful sort of sad, dark story, uh, which is like, I remember once doing a solo set, I, I was playing Macaulay Culkin in the show. Why not? And I sang Oh, Holy Night, the whole song straight through as one part of as Macaulay Culkin. And with other improvisers, I don't think I would have been able to do that. They would have joined me or supported me somehow or come out on stage to like dance in the background. And yeah. it's one of those things about solo improv where you get those moments that you don't get in an ensemble because there's just one person. And I think that like there are some, of course, downsides to that, but it's like, I, I think there's some beauty to be found there. I have a question uh, uh, to the group. So uh, if you're improvising uh, solo, uh, how do you self-assess uh, uh, your performance or do you get feedback from other people? people uh as as a result do you have a, a note taker director um or, or or what weight do you put on self uh, assessment and how do you kind of debrief that with yourself is that a head over the doona process as well jill <laughs> i was gonna say yeah you put your head over your blanket and you get mad at yourself oh, what were you <laughs> the piece tells you what what it wants to be and again it comes back to curiosity mm -hmm. because when you do solo improv, there's all these moments where you like, oh, I could have, or could I, should I? And then you just take those after the show and you're like, okay, next time I will, mm -hmm. right? Next time I will have the courage. I felt like, a, oh, I wish I had. Uh. And then the next time you pursue, you, you teach yourself to pursue the things that you, mm -hmm. and to shorten that length of time. <laughs> between like wanting to do something and doing mm -hmm. it uh, in a show mm -hmm. and trusting yourself, trusting that instinct. You have to, sh you just talk to yourself about that. Mm -hmm. um, I have had friends give me notes. Uh, I, the person who helped me most was, well, Andy Edinger is kind of the founder of solo improv in the United States. And he mm. taught a series of classes and gave me all kinds of tips. I've worked with different people on how to strengthen the musical portion of the show. Mm. And then years and years ago, David Rosowski was in the crowd and gave me notes. And 
told me, he gave me the best advice. Like there was an opening I used to do on the show that I was tired of, but the audience loved. And so I said to him, like, do I have to do that opening? And he said, no, <laughs> it's your show. You should get to do what you want. And I don't know why I needed exterior permission at that moment, but like... But for the most part, a piece tells you what it wants to be when it grows up. A solo yeah. piece tells you like, oh, that was too short. Oh, that was too long. Oh, I wish you played more characters. Yeah, it tells I think, you. Yeah, I, I, yeah, when I get off stage after a solo set, I know if that was good or not, or if I was doing my best or if I let myself down. Like, as soon as I get off stage, I'm like, I'm like, what were you thinking? Why did you do? Uh, or I'm like, oh, that was great. And then, but other people tell me, it's nice to hear feedback and get better and stuff, but it doesn't like it. No, no one said anything after a solo show that's made me go, you're right. That was good. That was a good and like changed my opinion of the show. Like I knew, I knew when I came off stage. What about yeah. you, Shannon, with your, with your uh, minimal, like your maestro solo stuff that you've done. Well, before I talk at length about myself, I had a, another <laughs> a question for, well, I guess the three of you then it, are you Jill are you thinking that you might try to re uh, to bring back drum machine on uh, virtually? And then Dave, have you done virtual solo? And then Jason, do you think that you want to maybe take your, uh, your, your time that you did mm -hmm. this solo show and put it, do it virtually? Have you thought, have you all thought about those things? Who wants to go first? Uh, uh, I'm happy to go first. Uh, it's a short answer. No, I haven't thought about <laughs> taking it online. Uh, I've uh, in the lockdown. I've written a book. Uh, I got a grant from the uh, uh, from my local state government to write a, a, a collection of short stories, that, um, which you can buy. The links in the, the podcast notes. <laughs> um, not a plug, uh, but but I feel I kind of feel like I've had enough time with my own imagination, essentially, uh, in the last six months, um, uh, uh, and uh, and I uh, and asking people to purchase my uh, that is enough at the moment um, in terms of sharing my you know you know artistic and imaginary life so i haven't even thought of it i think once the fire starts to light again of wanting to perform uh that is most certainly a, 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 a something that i'll look into but for the moment i'm just kind of taking a big breath after pushing this big creative project out the door that was was relatively solitary uh in its in its own kind of use of energy if if that makes any kind of sense no it does it does well you jill the, the interesting solo improv work I've been doing online is there's really something special about online solo improv classes hmm. because it's just us, right? If the class is eight people, it's just the eight of us and it feels the most intimate you can be online. And also we're, we're just performing for each other and we're all literally alone. Mm. Unless you have a cat, like everyone in the class is literally alone and it feels very close circuit, very private, uh, very just for us. And everyone leaves with such a warm feeling like it's the it's the most pleasant. That was the first class I taught online um, after the shelter in place. And it we all had this feeling of, oh, just charmed. We were just charmed and warmed. <laughs> And it felt like, and it was just for us. Uh, I don't know how it, like in the, 
Um, like before there was TV, uh, people would like at the end after dinner, you'd gather by the fire and mob player fiddle, right? And, and Susan would hit the piano forte, right? And we'd all make music for each other and we'd do things for each other. So solo improv classes online have that feeling of this is just mm -hmm. for each other. We're going to showcase for each other. In yeah. terms of doing a show, um, I realized recently that my brand as a teacher, but also as a performer, is boundless enthusiasm and joy more than anything, more than improv. My skill set is boundless enthusiasm and joy. You just and realized this about yourself? Because yeah, I've known I know. this forever. I could have told you this when we. Oh, you know, really? Okay, good. Years ago. Oh, no, like, um, because why don't I want to? Why don't I want to? Um, and I think it's because I don't have any boundless enthusiasm and joy to spare at this exact second. Mm -hmm. so I have to keep it close to the vest. So I don't think I'm going to do a solo show. I've been doing comedy sports shows and that's mm -hmm. comedy sports matches. And that's nice because we're sharing boundless joy together. And then, yeah, we're doing a, our improv marathon like we do every year, which is just 28 hours of boundless joy. But in terms of like doing a show where it's all output, no input, I, I need the input as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't done any performing online through Zoom at mm. all because I the thing I love about improv is that uh, audience back and forth and the mm -hmm. getting their energy to like their laughter guides the story, their their silence guides the story, their awes and sighs. And like I, I feed off that, especially solo work. Like so much of my solo work, as Jill pointed out, when I'm going between characters, I'm looking at the audience and we're going through this together. Like, how the fuck are we going to make this work? Um, <laughs> uh, I don't think this is going to work. Uh, and then like, you know, so it's all part of that, uh, that back and forth. And I find with Zoom, it's like it's more just performing for an audience and not really with them because I can't get their feedback unless I have all their screens up on my screen. But I feel like that's even less. That's more like what are all these people? Looking? I can see them this time. Uh, and they, they can't laugh back. Otherwise, it cuts out the audio. So like they'd have to type in the chat or something. And it's so, so there's just that 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 wall thing. So it's just I feel like I'd just be performing and performing is fun. I like it. But it's not the thing that keeps me doing improv. Like that, that, the, the, that's that's not it. And I have a lot of other things I do in my life that keep me happy. Like I do magic and memory tricks, and I do. I've written a couple apps during lockdown. I'm like, I have a four-year-old, so I'm playing all the time anyway. So, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. So I, I don't, I don't have the need to perform. I'm not that that I, I don't, I don't have that um, that uh, performer addiction. <laughs> I'm not me if I'm not performing. Sorry, I slipped into pretentious actor. Sorry, I'm turning the question back onto you, Shannon. Do you think you could find the fire within the current circumstances to explore your ideas uh, in um, mm -hmm. in solo improv online? Because I'll watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at some point, I mean, I I I think that at the very beginning of this, I was in a space where I just, I, I was exploring what this was, like we mm -hmm. all were just really exploring what it was. And I, I still had the idea that it would be interesting to have a solo show. And I think I still have that idea. And now we're in a space where I, I think we know what this is. Mm -hmm. um, I just recently saw a show with, Ooh, I wish I could remember the other man's name, but uh, 
it was a Zoom improv show. Joe Bill was in it. Um, and uh, a man, another TJ, man. TJ, Dave, uh, Mark, <laughs> Nick. No, I'm just going to name no. a few. <laughs> he, you know, none of those. Is a, is, a, is another man. Another man. Oh, he does not light box, but sound oh, Frank. Frank. square. Frank. 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 Yes. <laughs> wow, we I, actually I, figured Frank out his light box. Yes, yes. Is it like, yeah, is it light box? I think it's light box. Frank box. That? Yes, yes. So they did this Zoom show that I I saw some of, and it was just really interesting, the things that they tried, right? So they had uh, all sorts of different edits and, you know, they edited their own, edited their own faces together and um, they had zoom in on their hands and sometimes the screen was all purple and sometimes it was all green and it was just all sorts of interesting things. And just the idea of, of the curiosity, we're getting back to this curiosity thing, like, oh, what if, or I wonder is definitely the feel of that show. I wonder what this is. And so, yeah, to answer your question, with those types of things going on out there and understanding that there is stuff to do uh, and it's boundless, you're talking about boundless energy, like the the resources are sort of boundless. Yeah, I'm still interested in seeing if I can produce or yeah, produce mm -hmm. a, a solo show. That's my yeah, favorite Shannon, thing. You're so inspiring. You're so inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's my favorite thing to hear from an improviser. If they go, uh, hey, do you want to work on this thing? I don't quite know how it works. I wonder if it's gonna work. Yeah. That will get me in the room more than oh, I've got something to teach you. It's a great format. Like that <laughs> that will get me in the room, like, let's go at this. Let's see how let's it breaks, see. how it falls, how it stands. Um, that's the most exciting part of the the process for me is when when I see someone with those lights in their eyes of going, I, I don't know, but I think <laughs> maybe. But maybe, exactly. <laughs> Shannon, yeah. you seem on fire right now. Like in this period of your life, you seem on fire with projects and creativity and things to say and theories uh, coalescing in your brain about how you feel like, uh, feel about improv and about improv topics. You really seem like this is your moment of coming into yourself as an yeah. artist and somehow like clearing, there's been a clearing of the path for you and you understood how to go online quickly and share and share what you have to share quickly. Uh, I'm yeah, you inspire me too. Well, thank you. I, it's been, wow. It's what's so fun. Jill uh, was at the very beginning of this year, you, you know, you remember, and it was like right at the end of 2019. I was like, Jill, I'm ready. Oh, because you came to, um, Oob, was that Oob? Yeah, you came to Out of Bounds. And like in 2019, Jill came to Austin for Out of Bounds. And I don't know what I don't know what happened, but I finally nudged in. Oh, right. The last time before 2019, the last time I saw Jill, I think, was in like 20. It was like 2000 and three right maybe and you came because i was just starting at comedy comedy sports and you came to comedy sports richmond 
and taught a class. And through the years, we've like sort of touched in this sort of kept in touch a little bit. But in 2019, I guess we did. We saw each other at um, Out of Bounds. And I was like, I'm ready, Jill. Jill, I improv is my favorite thing. And I'm just ready. I'm ready. And Jill was like, you know what? I'm ready for you. Let's I'm I'm going to I'm going to help. And I think it was January, maybe February. Jill was like, I've got this gig. You should teach. Come teach with me. It's going to be great. And I, I was like, we're going to do it. We're going to take over the world. I'm going to travel. <laughs> this whole thing is going to blow up and it's going to be great. And then <laughs> COVID. Mm. I was so like, whew. and then this whole, this whole thing happened. And I tell you, uh, my, my husband, a couple of days ago was saying to me, he was like, you know, it is very difficult to be in a space. It is very difficult to be blessed right now is what he said. It's like, it's it's a difficult thing. It feels, you know, we are we're blessed. If you mm-hmm. want to use that word, we have a roof over our heads. We have a we ha- we are healthy. We are doing well. And want to get to this this point, it has been very helpful for me to be sort of inside and able to focus on this love of mine, which is improv. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm getting to a, a nice space where I'm like. I can really feel how I feel about improv, why I, all the things that we're talking about, why I love it, what parts of it I love um, to hear Dave, to hear you talk about, you're like, I really love the feedback. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I love the feedback. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Do I like you guys? I don't know. But you know, just to like hear, hear the words like yes it's good for me to hear oh i love the feedback or i love the you know people like i like being on stage like the physical part of being on stage or i like whatever it is and for me to be able to hear that and synthesize it and process um Mm -hmm. has been a really it's Mm -hmm. been a blessing yeah i'm getting i like did all all that stuff jill's coming to my you guys are invited too jill's coming to my improv launch or, you know, I'm doing my improv launch on uh, the 27th. I was going to ask you about that. This is for improv on and off the stage that I was looking up. About. I, 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 I read stuff on the internet. <laughs> I don't know if somebody I've never met has said my business title. To yeah, uh, <laughs> happening. I just said it. And everyone else listening, it. say it right now. Everyone who's listening, say it as well. There's so many people just said it. Uh, <laughs> uh, improv on and off the stage, which is launching yeah. in like two weeks or something on your yeah, birthday. On, on your birthday, did I get that? Yes, right? yes, <laughs> yes. On so your my 20, on 28th birthday, you're yep. 28 now, right? That's right. Yeah. No, I am. Let me tell you, I am. I will be 39. 39, <laughs> y'all. Birthday. Man, come well, on. From, like from this side of 39. From this side of 39. 39 is pretty good. I am. I am thirty nine. I am thirty nine as well. It's it's nice, right? It's great. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. I can feel it. I can feel it. So yeah, come. I'm I'm really excited. I'm like, I'm excited about this exact this conversation that we're having. Right? This mm-hmm. like, what do you like about improv? Oh, I love this, this, and this. I get to share that with the world. So, hooray! Improv on yeah. the stage. 
As it's Thanks. online. It's an online thing people can come to. They can just find it. Yes, it's a virtual. It's a virtual um, event. We're having a, a like a workshop, a mind reading workshop, imp- uh, mind reading for improvisers. The first for forty five mm-hmm. minutes, and it's like a mingle time. And then we're gonna have Jill Bernard and Jill Bill and John Gerritatios, uh on this panel. Cool. And they're oh, along with these two people, we've got a what is he? A clinical, uh, we have a licensed, beha- a board certified behavioral analyst. Nice. And a licensed clinical social worker. And talking about improv, like cool. talking about why why improv in our lives. What is it that improv brings to our to our livelihoods and our life? What can it do for us, our mental states? Mm-hmm. So we're doing that talk. And then we have a show at the end. It's a four-hour gig. Come on. Come on. Everybody, come on. You don't Jump have to stay for the whole thing. I don't think Just I'm doing anything. In. Let me check my calendar. Oh, no, I'm free for the next four <laughs> years. So, yeah, I'll come. Oh, sure. I'll come. I got nothing going on. Yeah, uh. drop in. It's on Remo. It's not going to be on Zoom. Whoa. So it's a yeah, it's a different, like, platform. I'm doing all the things, Dave. Cool. I'm so, I'm so excited. Jill. This is amazing. You're so inspiring. And Jill, you're always inspiring. You're always inspiring. (laughs) Do you remember when we first met, Jill? Do you remember when we first met? No, it was at the Chicago Improv Festival in probably like 2002 or 2003. You were doing a story something show. You had a stick. There was a stick on stick. Story box. Story box. Yeah. And you were when Ryan Beal and I had just done a storyteller's show. And then we stuck around to watch your show because it was afterwards. And that was the first time I ever met you. And I guess met is we saw each other, said, hi, nice show. Oh, you too. <laughs> yeah. And then that was the end of it. But yeah, that's uh, and ever since then, you've been inspiring. Uh, and back on yesand.com, you were always such yeah, a force. Yeah, the pre-internet. The internet was just a baby. Still always so inspiring. And Jason, you're okay. I'm all right. I've done a few things, but but nothing of note. <laughs> of course you're inspiring. Of course you're inspiring. Uh, Dave okay, only we'll... likes me because I can record things. What? No. <laughs> hey, I was flying you here before. <laughs> I wanted to live with you. Okay. Um, uh, so okay, so we're getting close to the end time here. So we 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 do we'd have to. We, uh, Jason has a hard exit at seven. Yeah, yeah. Well, seven my time, which I think is like nine your times and. I gotta take my mama home. Like six in the morning, <laughs> his time. Uh, my mom, uh, we've we had really solid, hard, very strict lockdowns here, and they've just eased. So for the first time in four months, my mother was able to come over to our house and spend time with my family and oh. stuff like that. So uh, it's been uh, it's been really nice, but I've got to take her home because she has appointments to get to. <laughs> yeah. So so mom. so we are getting down to to the end here. So we've only got like maybe like one or two topics left to cover if we're lucky. Uh, Jason, do you have one to go? Do you want to shoot into one uh, rapid fire round? Uh, rapid fire round. What What do you look forward to doing next? Mm-hmm. Bacon. What? No, I just. <laughs> what did you say? Bacon. Bacon. I just want. It doesn't to have. Everything. It doesn't have to be an improv thing. Bacon's good. <laughs> no, I want bacon. God damn it. <laughs> bacon. Uh, uh, sorry, Dave. Sorry, what? Dave. That's okay. I'll smell bacon. You'll smell it. Mm-hmm. Um, next Thursday, the show that I'm doing, you made me think of it, Dave. Um, I'm doing traveling improv duos where I, it's just going to be stupid. I'm just going to go to people's houses 
and stand outside their door and like do an improv scene with Yay. them. Oh. It's like 7.30 in the morning. We're going to lose everybody's neighbors. Oh. That's amazing. Um, so good. I think it's going to be so stupid. And then also like the driving time is going to be part of the show too. Like trying to get to the next house to do the next duo. I think it's going to be so no, dumb. I can't. That's can a I, is this online? Can I watch this? Yeah, it'll be online at Huge Theater's <laughs> YouTube site. No. <laughs> I might have to watch this one. At yeah. 7 in the morning. Perfect. It's a little yeah. bit of an unfair question there, Shannon, because we just talked about what is happening next for you, which is yeah. a huge, big thing. <laughs> but yeah. you can have bacon between now and then if you like. If, and if that, tacos. Tacos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing uh, an hour set. My next improv uh, date is actually for you, Jill Bernard. Uh, I'm doing an hour set uh, with a bunch of other Australian improvisers in, I think it's 2 a.m. Uh, your time, which is yeah. perfect. You've, you've, you've Use the world cycle perfectly. It's like mid afternoon for us here, so we're doing one of your uh, hours in your marathon, uh, oh, which I'm wow. very excited because there's some of those people I haven't seen here for ages as well. Um, so I'm just looking forward to to, to playing with the, those improvisers and uh, and being a part of your festival, Jill. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. It's gonna be great. Uh, amazing. Uh, that was German for amazing. I sometimes slip in other languages. I'm very, I'm a polyglot. I'm a polyglot. Uh, okay, question. Quick question. Uh, another rapid fire question. What's, uh, what is, oh, I lost it because I was thinking about how polyglot I am. <laughs> I had to draw out the word polyglot and I forgot my question. Uh, okay, I'll make one up. I'll just make one up. I'll make one up right now. I'll make one up. If you could, here's who it is. If you could, like, magically give everybody in the world one, skill that improvisers have that you think would make like everybody else's lives better and make the world a safer more fun better place what's the skill that you would want to transfer over to the rest of the world like that they just got better at like it's like removing anxiety in silence Mm -hmm. whoa i wanted to leave some silence after that yeah it was perfect perfect. (laughs) Removing anxiety and silence. Mm. Yeah. Well said. I'm going to write this down. Yeah. I want to keep saying curiosity. Yeah. Because it makes life so much more fun when you're curious about things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. To If everybody could suddenly be curious, I think it would solve a lot of problems. A lot of problems. Jill, that sounds like a lovely place to uh, bring this podcast to a close. I think we've been talking about curiosity a lot for this podcast. And and I hope that anyone listening, any improvisers listening to this um, this podcast takes that out in, in their world as their little mantra at the moment. If you've got half an idea, if you can see an idea that's encapsulated in a, in a tight nutshell, let's bore into it with curiosity. Let's try to, to be curious about each other, be curious about about each other's work, about our own ideas. I think it's a, a lovely place to, to bring things to a close. Thank you so much for being here. You're both such inspiring, wonderful, positive people. Yeah, thank you. So nice to meet you, Shannon. Thank you, Jill. It's beautiful, wonderful, so wonderful to see your faces and big smiling faces. Shannon, good luck with your business launch. Uh, we'll thank be you. there if if time permits, uh, the do other it. side of the world here. Um, and uh, <laughs> and I do hope at some point uh, post this mess to meet you in person yeah. and, uh, and improvise uh, with you all once again. Mm-hmm. Yes. There is a future. We'll get <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
We'll there get is. there. There has to be. <laughs> uh, that's the end of the podcast. We will talk to you all again next week with uh, a brand new guest. See you then. <laughs>